0: Good Easter morning, church family. It is great to be with you this morning. You guys are like, ha. Ah. Welcome to everyone who's joined us on our online campus. Look, we have some exciting stuff to talk about today. See, Friday has happened. If you are with us, Good Friday, we celebrated, we remembered that Jesus has died, but today, Sunday has come. So we get to celebrate because Jesus has risen. Amen? Can you turn to somebody today and say, Jesus has risen? And here's what I know. Because he's risen, he's given each one of us the freedom to walk into a future that's bright. Some of you need to hear this word today, because perhaps where you're standing right now seems rather dark. Perhaps right now in life, what you're feeling is perhaps a little bit of confusion. Maybe you're dealing with some circumstances that when I say your future is bright, you have a hard time believing that your present is even doable, let alone your future. And I want to speak straight from the Bible today and give us a word from the Lord that is powerful, it's revealing, and ultimately gives you and I the freedom to choose whether or not we want to walk into a bright future. In the book of Luke 24, this is the guy who wrote this book. His name is Luke. He was a bit of an exact science type writer. He was a doctor. And he gives us the depiction of when Jesus... Leaves the tomb empty, Mary and her friends go, and they find it empty. And we're going to pick up in the story, and we're going to read this. Some fascinating things occur in verse 9. It says, when they came back from the tomb, he's talking about Mary and her friends. They told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. She's talking about the disciples, the followers of Jesus. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them, Who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women. Because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Now I just want to point out that uh, the women sounded like conspiracy theorists to the men. I don't. (laughs) I say that with a chuckle. Because I find today in 2022. We're still not believing some things that are being said. And the first thing we do when we don't have the ability to see what's being said is we throw, that's nonsense, we throw this conspiracy theory label on things, don't we? I'll let that one sit. The men had the freedom to choose if they were going to believe. They had the freedom to choose whether or not this good news about Jesus being risen was true or not. And as we go on in this passage, in verse 12, it says, Peter, however, got up and he ran to the tomb. His curiosity was killing him. He's like, I, okay, we're, we're talking about it, but I have to see it. How many of you are, are like that? You're like, okay, we can talk about it, but I need to see it. I'm a I need to see it guy. I'm a, I'm a school of hard knocks guy. Okay, I'll read it in the book, but then I have to walk and fall myself. Okay, anyone with me here? Okay, I'm just saying I'm going to learn the hard way. We're together. That's cool. He's bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Peter pursues this curiosity about Jesus. And today I want to tell all of you that I know for a fact that we have the permission to pursue Jesus today. You have the same permission today to pursue Jesus. You may have heard about Jesus. Someone might have invited you. You may have heard about Jesus 200 times. Today you may never have heard about Jesus, and today you're going to hear about him. And I want to tell you, you have permission and the freedom to be curious and pursue and to wonder about who he is. It's powerful when we pursue this. I love Peter, and he gives us this. So today we're going to discover three truths about Jesus that give you freedom to believe your future is bright. Number one, that Jesus is light. Number two, Jesus is clarity. And number three, Jesus is risen. As we look further in this passage, it's now the same day. It's it's after all of this has happened, this depiction. It's. It, I love this story of these two men walking on the road to Emmaus because... It's positioned in a way that, like you and I, potentially are. It's after the fact, and these two men are discussing some things. They're on their way to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. I would ask you. This morning as we discuss Jesus today, what is stopping you from recognizing who Jesus really is? What, what, what is enshrouding your mind and your eyes? What is keeping your heart from seeing the truth about who Jesus is? Is it confusion? Is it disbelief? Is it current events? These men were surely dealing with all of those same things. Whatever it was that they were dealing with, it was keeping them from seeing Jesus clearly. And I love Jesus, so he asks him a question. He says, what are you discussing together as you walk along? (laughs) I just want to tell you something. When Jesus asks questions, when you read the Bible, 99.999% of the time, he's not asking the question because he doesn't know. He's, you know, like, I will tell you as a parent, when I ask my child a question, I'm like a good attorney. <laughs> a good attorney knows the answer to the question before they ask it. And when I ask my child the question, I already know the answer. I'm drawing the truth out of them. Because unless you profess it as truth, you're never going to believe it. And you're never going to walk in it. And so Jesus, I love him. He's like, hey, what are you, what are you guys talking about? On, on, on a little walk, afternoon walk. And they don't recognize him. They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he, he goes further. He's like, yes, he knows. <laughs> he goes, what things? <laughs> yeah, tricky little guy. They go about Jesus of Nazareth. Listen, he's drawing them to the point of revealing truth about who he is. And listen to their response. Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel Now, they thought Jesus was going to redeem Israel on earth from the powers of the Roman Empire. But Jesus had far more in mind. That what you think Jesus can give you freedom for today, what he can breathe life into today, maybe it's something physical in your life, but there's so much more. And what is more, this is the third day since all this took place, he says. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive, and we thought they were conspiracy theorists. We blocked them on social media. We tried to buy Twitter. Then... Bro, I thought Jesus was controversial. (laughs) Then some of our companions went to the tomb and they found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. They know all the facts, so what's holding them back? He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. He's like, you've got every, you just told me. <laughs> you just gave me the answer. He's like, what are, like, are you new? Are you like, what is wrong? Did you hit your head when you were a child? <laughs> did your father throw you into a ceiling fan? I did that to my oldest on accident when she was little. You know that game where they run to you and you, you grab them and you throw them in the air and you go, ah. We had a ceiling fan in our kitchen and my oldest ran full speed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I caught her. My wife says, what's that? Nothing. <laughs> She's good. She just had our first grandchild. She's amazing. She's smart. Okay. this is what I'm thinking Jesus is like was there a ceiling fan in your tent (laughs) sorry if you're new I have ADD I'm just introducing you to that Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter His glory in the beginning of Moses and all the prophets? Wait, wait, and in beginning with Moses and all the prophets, this is important. I want us to understand this. He explained to them what was said in all the Scripture concerning Himself. Jesus takes them to the prophecies of His life and His death in the entirety of the Old Testament. Literally, Jesus gives them the greatest theological dissertation ever heard to mankind. This is powerful. The scripture sheds light and brings clarity to the truth of who he is. Jesus didn't try to defend himself. He didn't try to, I'm not going to try and, 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 and like egg you into. I'm not going to try to appeal to your emotions. I'm just going to give you the scripture, and I guarantee you it has the ability to give clarity and shed light to who he is. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll see you later. Okay, but they urged him strongly, stay with us. It's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread. He gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from the sight. The manner in which Jesus broke bread, and he assumed the role of the host, was familiar to these men. They had surely been present and knew the moment that Jesus had shared with his disciples the day before he was put to death in what we call the Last Supper, where he broke bread and he said, Whenever you do this, this was familiar to them. That God today has the ability to speak relevantly to you. In your life, in an area that's familiar to bring Himself to light. He has the ability to do that. He was contextualizing this for these men. I, I love Jesus. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true. There's an exclamation point there, okay? They're like, It's true. No. They're like, bro! <laughs> you know? It's true! You're never going to believe it! Then, like what, what the women were saying. What, what, what Peter, he, he couldn't figure it out. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Now like these two men, There is a freedom for you and I to believe who Jesus is and the bright future he has given to us. Number one, your future is bright because Jesus is the light of the world. He's not just the light of the world. He's the light in a dark world. And I want you to know that. You know the darker that it gets, the more powerful light becomes? This little light on the back of my phone, we all have these. (laughs) If I turned it on right now, you'd be like, oh yeah, not that powerful. But the darker that this room would get, the more powerful this one light would become. And I want you to know that Jesus is the source of light in a dark world. It says in John 8:12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. He just he says it. He's just like if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. This word light is the light by which true life is gained. Now, what true life is, is only a life living with Jesus. That's what he means, the light of life. That the light of life is the life that you can gain that is true. It's not the life that you can build or acquire or gain or earn. It's only the life that can be gained through a life with Jesus Christ, period, period. All of us have a sense there's something more. This morning, you're looking for something. You may not be looking for God, but I'm telling you, God has been relentless in his pursuit of you. We all have a sense that there's something more to life. No matter how how great we achieve and how much we earn, we are still left void and empty because we don't have the light of life if we're not living a life with Jesus. Amen? Amen. In John 1, 4, it says, the word. Now that, that is capitalized. The word word is capitalized. Why? Because this means Jesus. Jesus was the word, and the word is Jesus. So it's like, the word. Who? Jesus. Jesus gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. It's like, I am light means I am life. But this is what I love. When you choose Jesus, you're choosing a light that can never be extinguished. Things live in seasons in humanity. Jesus is forever. And the light that he shines in the midst of a dark world never can be extinguished. You know, you have to choose darkness for it to win. Let me say that again. You have to put on the uniform and submit to the power of darkness for it to win. We are no longer victims of darkness. Jesus overcame it. He did that on the cross. He is risen, which tells me he is the light that gives life that cannot be extinguished. So if darkness is going to win, I have to agree with it and partner with it. And John 3, 19, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light. Let me say that again. The light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light. That today, people love darkness more than they love light. They, 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 we somehow get attached to the tumors of our sin. Like we know they cause pain, but we just don't want to go through the restorative process of Jesus removing them. We fall in love with our sicknesses. It says, but people love the darkness more than light, for their actions were evil. All who did evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. You have the freedom to choose to live in the bright future with Jesus or to continue to love and live in darkness for eternity. This is an eternal decision. In John 12, 46, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. In a world of increasing darkness, Jesus brings the light that gives you a bright future in life. Number two, Jesus is clarity in a confusing world. We are at a height of confusion in our world. We don't know what to believe, we don't know who to listen to. There are more noise and there's more voices than ever before in life. What's what's right, what's wrong? What should I do, what should I not do? Where should I live? Where should I invest? Where should I not invest? It is so confusing. And I love that Jesus doesn't leave us in our confusion. I also love the fact that in the midst of these two guys who are walking on the road to Emmaus in their confusion and their wondering and maybe their doubt, he joins them in their confusion. Why? Because his goal is to bring clarity. It says, They asked each other, were not our hearts burning? That means that burning is to set the heart ablaze with a glow. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and he opened the scriptures to us? Jesus opens the scriptures. What what, what does this mean? He opens the words of scripture and he breathes the clarity of life that we need into them by fulfilling them. Remember I said that he basically walked them through the Old Testament and what was he doing? He was actually walking them through all of the prophecies. Prophecy is the foretelling. That if you if you want to get a powerful understanding and depiction that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, read the Old Testament. We think the word old, so it's like, oh, old. It's not necessary. Let's read the New Testament. Read the Old Testament. Why? Because every single piece of it is pointing us to one person. Who? Jesus Christ. It is a It is a prophetic word. It is a foretelling. Jesus walks them through and says, let me give you an idea of who I am. And he begins Genesis all the way through and he gives them an accurate depiction based on prophetic words that were spoken far before his birth about who he was, what he would do, what it would look like. It's... No one in existence has ever lived a life that was prophetically foretold the way that Jesus Christ has. No one. Based on that alone, if you're a thinker, I don't know how. I don't know how I could reconcile the fact that all this was spoken before. So he opens the words of scripture and he breathes the clarity of life that we need into them by fulfilling them. So what was he saying to these guys? Hey, the whole entire Old Testament tells of this very moment. And now here I am having fulfilled them. I've died. And I'm walking with you and I'm alive. Death has been overcome. Everything that you saw was me breathing life and giving clarity to you in a world of confusion. He's like, let's be clear about this. He pulls the words from the pages and he makes them real, erasing confusion and making things clear. Psalm one hundred nineteen, one hundred five 105 says, your word, God, your word, not my word, not the word of the day that I get a text message from or the Instagram that I follow or The Bible app gives, not that, it's it's the, your word is what? A lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The word of God has the ability to set your heart ablaze and become the source of clarity in your life's journey. See, I need clarity in my life. I'm no different from you. I'm just a dude, I'm just a guy. I'm just trying to be a dad, I'm trying to be a husband, I'm trying my best to be, a pastor, I'm trying my best to be a great leader, I'm trying my best to be a great servant, I'm trying my best to be a great follower, and I don't have it all put together. I'm not perfect, and I, and I get confused sometimes, and I need clarity, and the only place that I can find clarity is in the life-giving Word of God. The scripture is as significant today to gain clarity in a confusing world as it was when Jesus was walking with these men. We just have to look. So Jesus' voice, his words, his scripture provide clarity despite living in a world ruled by confusion. And Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left. Doesn't this happen sometimes? Okay, Jesus. You and me, hermano. I'm going to vaya con Dios. I'm doing it today. Okay? I'm going to tell you today that you're the Hefe. And then here's what happens. We get super distracted. And we're like, oh. That's. That's a pretty light. Oh. You know, she's rather attractive. Oh. You know, I could. I could probably cheat the system a little bit and get a little bit more money. Oh, you know, I know that, I know scripture says that it's really all about Jesus, but like, what about all these things? We get so, dist- aren't we living in a world of distraction? I was, telling, I was telling Julie, she's our executive pastor, I was standing literally in the back. Julie can attest to this, 15 minutes ago. And I said, do you know what my kryptonite is? She goes, what? And I said, I get super distracted super easy. I have like high sensory, right? And so it it, it, it can be a phenomenal weakness. Because it gets me looking to the left and to the right. And some of, some of you can relate to this. You're like, yes, Jesus, today. You're my man. I'm saying yes to you. You're raising your hand every Sunday on an online campus. You're throwing the little emojis up. You're like in sitting in the seat today and you're like, yes, Jesus. You're doing the whole thing. And then you literally walk out the door and you're just like, that's an amazing butterfly. I'm going to go back to snorting coke. Right back to the weed farm. Right back to the alcohol. Right back to the pornography. Right back to trying to do it all myself. Right back to taking control. Right back. Now don't be real, pastor. Whether you you turn to the right or the left, your ears, this is what I love. Your ears will hear A voice behind you saying, this is the way. Now walk in it. This ensures me that I'm going to get distracted at times. But it promises me that God's voice is always there to call me back. To say this is the way to walk. And it's clear in a world of increasing confusion. Jesus brings clarity to walk into a bright future. So Jesus is light in a dark world. He's clarity in a confusing world. And I have to tell you today, it's got to be remembered that Jesus is risen in a fallen world. It says that they got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem. They found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, what is it? True, with a big, fat exclamation point. What is true? They said, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. You know what this is telling me? A lot of times we're like, happy Easter, Jesus has risen. We're singing the song, "Hallelujah! yeah, Jesus has risen. And it's like a past tense thing, like Jesus has risen over death, that one thing. But I want to tell you today, Jesus is risen. Why is that important? Because you need to know that Jesus has risen in the past over those things that were dead, that he needed to call to life, but Jesus is still risen today. That means he's still calling to life the things that are perceptively dead inside of your life. That word risen, this is what it means. To arouse from the sleep of death. You think those things are dead? They're just sleeping. Hold on a second. You think your marriage is dead? It's sleeping. You think your finances are dead? They're sleeping. You, you think the world around you, the things that you see happening, it's just death, destruction, and darkness all over? Nope. I am telling you today that prophetically I'm speaking this into our future because it's bright. That when we see things that perceptively are dead, I want us to look at them and know that they are sleeping and awaiting the right moment that Jesus comes and he speaks his reviving word into them. And it tells me in the scripture that because he's light, no darkness can ever overcome it. It can never be extinguished. So you know what that means to me and what I want to declare to you today? You have the ability to declare that Jesus is risen in a fallen world. You have the ability to call upon that same light and bring clarity to situations. You have the ability today to take the things that you walked in here with, the things that you've been struggling with, the stresses you've been feeling, the counseling that you've been going through in those relationships, the prayers that you've had for your loved ones, the struggles that you have in your own doubt with Jesus, and we can push all of those onto the table and say, Jesus, we're all in, and we believe, today our future is bright because you are still risen what is dead in your life what is it I want us to take a second just take 30 seconds if you would I want you to just close your eyes for a second trust me close your eyes for 30 seconds and I want you to think about one thing, one thing that hurts your heart right now because when I ask you what is dead, what is it? Do you, is it, is it your life? Like, are you just like pat my entire life? I just need Jesus, maybe that's so. But for some of you maybe that are followers of Jesus, you're like, this area of my life is still, feels like the enemy wants to keep telling me that it's dead. What is it? What is God calling out this morning from a place of sleep? What is he breathing life into this morning as you hear these words that he wants to declare you have permission and freedom to believe that your future is bright because I am still risen. Jesus is saying, I am still risen. Nothing can extinguish the power of what I've done. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Why is this important for us to know? Because Jesus Christ died for us to have eternal life after death and abundant life during life. This is a story. This is a message. This is a truth that God is calling you into a future of eternity. But he's breathing life of abundance in your today. So although we have an enemy that's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus says, I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. Jesus has risen. He is still risen. He's defeated death, and death is still defeated. He is alive, and he has given every one of us the opportunity, the permission, and the freedom to walk into a future that is bright. you join me in standing today. This is the truth and the power of Scripture. First Peter 1.3 says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. And into hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into what? An inheritance that can never perish, can never spoil, and can never fade. The inheritance we've been given in the kingdom doesn't have an inflation rate of over 8% chasing it. Listen. It's not an inheritance that depreciates in value. It's an appreciable asset that God has given us. We have permission and freedom to walk into a future that is bright because Jesus is the light in a dark world. He's clarity in a confusing world and he has risen in a fallen world. Now I wanna tell you, Jesus has declared our future is bright by his death and his resurrection and knowing this should really empower us and activate us to be the church that he designed us to be. And that's why next week we're starting a new series called Uncensored why we're going through the book of Acts and we're talking about the church as it can be and as it should be. Why? Because I I want you to understand something. I'm not beating the church up when I make this statement, but the church isn't perfect. It doesn't always get it right. So we're just gonna look at scripture and we're gonna read it and we're gonna see the stuff that Jesus did and that he called us to and then we're gonna do our best to do it. It's that simple. And we're gonna try to be the church that we can be and we should be. We're just going to follow the Bible. I want to encourage you this morning. Join us. Make a commitment and join us for this series because it is going to change your life. It's going to change your perspective and it's going to empower you and it's going to fulfill you in a way that you've never experienced before in your life. I guarantee it. But this morning, what do you need to bring to Jesus so he can recall it from death to life? Let's close our eyes. Father, what is that one thing? What's that one thing that I I had you think about? For some of you this morning, you're saying, my entire life I feel like I'm confused and I'm struggling and I can't even pinpoint one thing, Pat. I would just say my life. I've been there. I want to tell you I've been there. I want to tell you that 22 years ago I sat and I heard a message and someone called me to a place of saying yes to Jesus and I wanna do the same for you because it's the best thing that someone ever did for me. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus this morning, this is actually the most important part of the day, that he's risen so that you can live life with Christ. If you need a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, would you do me a favor and raise your hand so I can see you? I wanna pray for you this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Like this is the most glorious moment ever. Like confetti bazookas should go off right now, right? All of heaven is rejoicing. This is powerful. So I, 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 want, I want to pray with you real quickly, corporately. But here's the thing. I want to encourage you. If you raised your hand this morning, I want to encourage you. Our goal is your growth. Community is important. Life is hard sometimes. And we want to walk with you through this. So please don't keep yourself anonymous. If you raised your hand, I'm going to leave it up to you. Would you make yourself known? Would you, before you walk out of here, would you simply find someone at the front on our minister team and say i made a decision today for jesus christ because we take this super serious let me pray with you first though there's no magic prayer by the way simply is this i want you to right now think about your life as it is i want you just i want you to imagine right now you're saying jesus i'm giving you my life you did for me what I can never do for myself on the cross. I say today that you're my Lord and Savior, and I believe that you can breathe life into things that are dead. Thank you for breathing life into my life. For those of you in the room who have a relationship with Jesus, and and even in this message you're struggling, there's things that you're struggling with because the perception is that they're dead. I wanna tell you something, they're not dead. Do not dismiss them. Don't write them off. They're sleeping. And God god is working on your behalf. I want you to know that. He is working. He will reveal himself in his time. Just like Jesus did to these two men on the road to Emmaus. He will reveal himself in his time. The relationships that you're heartbroken over are not dead. The people you've been praying for, Jesus is still after them. If this, if this resonates in your heart and you're struggling with something, would you do me a favor this morning? Would you just raise your hand so I can get an accurate depiction? Amen, that's good. Lots of hands. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's good to have courage and just say like, Lord, I have nothing to lose. So Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. If could you, raise, could you guys raise your hand one more time? Okay. Could you just place your hand on somebody around you? This is really normal stuff just so you know. Um, we're just gonna pray for you really quickly if that's okay. Because we think that prayer makes possible the things the world calls impossible. Now, I'm just gonna pray in general. I'm gonna dismiss us and then Somebody might keep praying for you if you're okay with that. We don't want to leave any heart untouched, any stone unturned. So, Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, we say yes and amen to the power that was able to raise your son, Jesus, from the grave. It's the same power available today to raise these things that are sleeping and recall them to life that what we may perceive the enemy is trying to lie kill and destroy our hope today. And we say no to those things. We say, no, we say, we say, Satan, you have no rule, no reign over the hearts and the minds and the homes, relationships, the lives of any individual underneath the sound of my voice right now. Father, we declare your word and your word is true and your word brings clarity and it brings light into dark areas. And so God, we just say right now that you would, you would, uh, you would breathe life into these things. We thank you. God, that today we look forward to this week and seeing how you're going to move. As daily, we just say, Lord, awaken the things that are sleeping. Until we see each other again next week, we talk about a church that we can and we should be. Lord, let us go with joy and peace and a greater understanding. In Jesus' powerful name, everyone said amen and amen. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is risen. We'll see you guys next week.